Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of Pedowitz Group. Today as our guest, we have Paul Johnson, who is Chief Product and Marketing Officer for DisplayIt. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, so tell us a little bit about DisplayIt. Well, essentially, we are a fabricator of exhibit uh, exhibit booths, so to speak. So if you've ever been to a trade show and you've had to stand in front of a great big honking banner and talk to strangers for two or three days, we help folks get ready for that. We make it easy to get ready for their trade show by providing them with the the uh, the backdrops and, and uh, materials they would need to outfit their booth. So uh, we essentially uh, uh, fabricate and uh, ship from a suburb of Atlanta called Beaufort, Georgia. And we sell, we're essentially an e-commerce company. We sell all over the U.S. and, and ship within the U.S. boundaries. So, you know, trade shows, certainly as a participant, we go each year. Um, and in a lot of ways, trade shows have changed. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. a huge business, of course. But I mean, what? tell us a little bit about the trends from your perspective over the last 10 years. How have trade shows changed and how is that impacting your role as a vendor? Well, uh, there was some talk about, well, with digital online meetings and whatnot, they would go away. But in reality, they've grown Uh Less than ten digits a year, but or less than uh, uh, you know ten percentage points a year, still single digits, but growth nonetheless. And it's primarily because what we see is people still need to get together to see what's new. Ultimately, they want to gather in a place and they're looking to see what's new that's going to help my business or help me do well, uh, you know, within my company. And then secondarily, it's the networking opportunity. People make connections with people uh, all over the country, and they look forward to that time to get together and be able to sit down over coffee or lunch and be able to compare notes. Now, many of the shows that we go to now, like it used to be, we had to do a custom booth and bring it and set it up. Now, mo- almost all the shows that we go to, um, the booths are normalized, right? So that it's the, whoever's putting on the show, uh, the booths are standard. And we just work on the signs that go into like a standard drop, but we're not actually designing the booth. Um, do you see that as a, as a big trend or is that just in some, some places? I think it's uh, it's sort of an awkward situation for the the show promoters and the general contractors because the people who are going to the show are looking to stand out. They're looking for something different. When you walk down those aisles and you're just seeing, you know, row after row and booth after booth that sort of look the same, it's really hard to stand out. And there's a statistic that something like you've only got three seconds to get the attention of a passersby. So having a a booth that's provided by the show really doesn't give the exhibitor much opportunity to to stand out, and so consequently, we we get people who are are looking to be different and are looking for somebody who can provide them with uh, not just a a structure with a graphic hung on it, but some ideas as to you know how should I structure my method or my message, how should I present it visually so that it's uh, attractive and captures attention, and and we provide uh, we provide some courses actually online to help folks uh, you know figure that out. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, I guess you guys are experts at helping your customers get noticed at the shows that, that they go to. We like to think so. And it's because we think about it all day long. Our our customers typically are people who do not have a title of trade show manager. They might be the, the marketing exec or a Marcom manager. Sometimes it's an assistant to the president or the sales manager. So they've got a regular job to do. But one, two, three, four times a year, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got to be in 
Vegas next week for that blankety blank show. And so they kind of have to switch gears. And because of that, they're looking for somebody who can uh, provide them with information at whatever level they need, whether they're a novice or whether they're looking for some more advanced input. And we, we try to fill that need. So uh, what's the coolest booth or most interesting uh, display that you've seen in the last couple of years? Well, there's when you talk about trends, about uh, about three years ago, maybe four, we introduced a what's called a backlit display. And so traditionally what would happen is like, for example, on this this wall, if you could imagine it was some big honk and I don't know, picture on it or logo, the the common thing you see is it would be washed in light from overhead with maybe some LEDs, which would perch over the top and shine down. But backlit actually has lights, usually LEDs that are behind the graphic, which show through. And it just, it just really makes it, it's like looking sort of at a TV set, except that it's not moving. So the, the latest thing, which is really pretty much brand new for us is we just invested a big bucket of money in LED light walls. And so what this allows us to do is create a, a, a set of panels and it can be as small or as large as you want. They're, they're based on, uh, led panels, which are about 19 inches square. And so we can put them together in different combinations and then put them on a, a facade that's facing out or facing on the eye. We can put it on towers, 16 feet in the air. And as a uh, result, you can actually show animations, you could show video, you could show a demonstration of your product. And from the show floor, it is just, it is just knock your eyes out. So we've actually started a new program with, with a, what we think is a, a, a game changing business model. That's going to make it easy for people to uh, be able to essentially rent the structure and the led light wall and the graphics for much less than is, is commonly done. Uh, or traditionally done in, in the business. Oh, interesting. So it sounds like you're offering some type of subscription model. Well, it's not a subscription model, but what it is, it's it's more of of how do you turn what's traditionally been a capital expense of oh, I have to buy a a product, a physical thing, and I have to because of the cost, I'm going to write it off over three years or five years, and hopefully use it at a number of shows, and hopefully. When I go to the show next year, I'm going to want to use the same graphics or the same message, or I'm going to be touting the same product, where in reality, we've come to the conclusion that people are moving much faster than that, and they don't want to have the same look year after year. So uh, what we've done is we've said, instead of, of asking you to make a major purchase, a major investment of tens of thousands of dollars, why don't you just uh, let us put together the, the look and feel that you want and essentially rent it to you for a show? Or if, if you think you're going to use it for multiple shows, we'd put together a package which would let you um, uh, service the, the same uh, uh, booth, look, whatever you want to call it, uh, over multiple shows, depending on what your needs are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, we're seeing this business model. It's it's very interesting that you mention it because we're seeing it transform every single industry. Because mm -hmm. you know, whether it's Uber in transportation, you you want the ride, not the own the car. Uh, right. We're seeing uh, like Porsche and Cadillac now have subscription services where you don't even have to own mm -hmm. the car, pay well, for insurance or maintenance. You know, you can just get get the car. Right. It's and it's not the same thing, but there's been a website uh, called Rent the Runway, which allows you to if if you want to go to a big event, you're a woman and you want a, a knock your eyes out dress, but you probably won't wear it a second time. Uh, 
there's this this outfit called Rent the Runway, and they'll let you pick out a dress. It could be a, a, a Vera Wang or whatever, and be able to rent it for much less than you could buy it for with the idea of you take good care of it, you have fun at it for the night, you send it back, and, and you're done with it. And then somebody else can rent the same one. So it, 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 there's a, a, a strange parallel there, but I'll go with it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good analogy. <laughs> Um, so tell me a little bit about your your business and how you're going to market. Um, you know, who are some of your competitors and what are you doing strategically to expand your business? Yeah, fair question. Uh, the, the Our approach uh, has always been a little bit different. And uh, we... Uh, started as an online company. We we went we mail. We started in '96, and we did a lot through mail order, where we would actually send out catalogs. And then in about '98, uh, '99, uh, we put up our first website. And then in uh, 2002, the CEO went all in with Google AdWords. And so we've been we've been promoting uh, the business on a a, a pay per click business literally for decades. And so as a consequence, uh, have established uh, you know quite a presence online for people that are looking for trade shows. And then secondarily, we've gotten very good at, at understanding how the, the, the pay-per-click model. So uh, essentially, uh, we, we, we take that that we take the input that we, we learn from our customers and we use that to guide our product strategy. We use it to guide how we sell, how with, what are they looking for? What are they feeling? How can we help uh, provide a customer experience that's uh, a going to make them happy on the, on the first cut and then, you know, get them to go back kind of the way I look at it is it's sort of like, uh, again, being from Michigan, kind of like a snowball. And so you know, in one year we, we, we pay for pay-per-click ads, which gets us new customers. And so we, we have the snowball of a certain size. And so we, we work hard to take care of that core customer base. And then the next year through more pay-per-click new customer conversions, we kind of, you know, roll the thing down the hill and the snowball gets bigger and bigger. So it's sort of a combination of, of using technology and, and marketing to, to add a new layer of new customers every year while taking care of and, and sort of growing up with our customers. We have, we have a lot who started with a, a 10 by 10 portable display who are now, you know, coming to us for 30 by 50 foot booths. So are there additional channels that have been effective for you in addition to online pay-per-click? Uh, a few. We do a little uh, a little bit wholesale. We have a few uh, selected resellers who like doing business with us. Uh, we also have uh, a channel through, oddly enough, church. We have a uh, website called Display It at Church. And what we found is that there's a lot of of pastors with portable churches who uh, will rent a a school on a weekend or maybe a, a um, uh, an office building, and they'll need to be able to move in counters and backdrops and be able to set up a church on a, a Saturday Sunday and then take it down because the building's used for other uses. So, uh, so we have that, and um, we're looking at some other channels that I'm not prepared to talk about, but. I yeah, actually just started, uh, it was yeah. interesting that you mentioned that because I was just actually thinking of food trucks too for some reason because you know there's a lot of now restaurateurs rather than opening up the whole restaurant right they just they just do the truck but then they also have displays next to the truck 
um, huh. I started trying to extend and as so they go to the fairs and things on the weekend. So wow. it's a very similar thing. It's portable. I, so I'm not sure if that's I, one of your secret strategies or not, but it's not, but it is now. So I guess it's not so, not so secret, but it's brand new and fresh. And I, I hadn't really thought of that. And, uh, you know, to I, a large yeah. degree, I won't even take copyright credit for that. So you, thank you. you know, thank that. you. I, I appreciate that. No, no but no, that was, that's clever. Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of, uh, people are you, are you hiring onto your team? Do you have a big marketing team? I think we're up to about uh, 12 or 15 now, and uh, we it, it's actually a little broader base than, than most companies. And uh, I actually grew up carrying a bag on the, the sales side, and one of my frustrations was in, in going out in, in direct sales and in going out and talking to people was it always seemed like – the marketing message is off. The product wasn't quite right. And you'd have to kind of get a almost a square peg into the round hole to be able to serve the customer. So our, our CEO had the uh, wisdom to accept that it wouldn't be too clever to silo marketing. So I actually have response, essentially I have revenue responsibility. So I have marketing product as well as sales or channel management. And so uh, what that allows me to do is be able to staff to support all three. So to generate um, to generate leads, there's uh, you know the pay per click. There's uh, I have a, a video team that produces content for YouTube. We try to get out a, a couple new videos uh, a week, and then we also have content writers on the marketing side. Uh, have a product team which is chartered with. Uh, helping to build our catalog. We have something like 950 SKUs on our online catalog. And so they're chartered with both uh, finding new products, uh, translating customer needs into new products, designing and specifying uh, things that uh, need to be made because we can't find them from suppliers and then doing things like writing installation instructions, set up videos and, and be able to support that. And then I also have a, a, uh, a key account team and their charter is to, it's, it's sort of a, a different sales channel because most of our business comes in inbound through the web. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we have some accounts, which, uh, like, uh, uh, like Texas instruments, carnival cruise lines and, and whatnot that, uh, we, we have assigned to certain people to reach out to them and, and make sure that on a, on a, um, regular basis that there's, uh, some proactive taking care of their, their needs. Nice. So I, I love that you've kind of blended the teams together. Uh, I, I think a lot of um, organizations wish they could be doing that more to improve alignment because uh, when the when the teams are siloed, it just takes a lot of extra work. Um, the, the teams are organized differently. They have different compensation plans, all that. Um, all right, so speaking yeah. of uh, performance, I mean, so how your marketing team, what are they typically measured on as it relates to your sales side? Well, we, the, the, the marketing is essentially how many times does the phone ring and, and how many leads come in. So statistically, we look at things like Google Analytics from the standpoint of um, uh, um, how much uh, what ads are, are driving business in, what's the, the conversion rate, uh, how are we doing versus cost for click, what's the cost of a new customer look like, uh, how many of those, uh, how many of inbound things turn into phone consultations, and then, um, you know, ultimately it breaks down into revenue. So we have a, 
uh, uh, what we call a client relations team whose purpose is essentially when somebody has a question, whether it's an online chat or through an email or through an inbound phone, to help them sort out what are they looking for, uh, help them understand what their options are, and ultimately to help them make a decision. And so uh, so from a, a a marketing side, it's really as as one of my managers once told me, it's 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 all green to me, and it's it's all green to this the CEO in the sense that um, even though we we look at different tiers of products, like whether it's in this this price range or that price range, at the end of the day, there's a grand sales target to hit. So we make it mid month and say we need to you know put more effort on doing. Um, uh, you know, one, one function over another, you know, to be able to, to, you know, hit our overall targets. Does that help? Yeah, no, that's great. So just, uh, since you've um, run both sales and marketing in your career, and now you have it combined, what, what do you think have been some of the biggest changes um, impacting, impacting both departments? That's a question that uh, I guess I haven't thought of because I look at it as a as a whole last uh, a holistic uh, lump. I, I think one of the the most significant things is um, is maybe being able to look at its structure. So what I mean by that is, like for example, when when things are separate. It, it both is an opportunity as well as potentially a curse. Like, for example, I, I've always thought it was a waste of a good salesperson to ask them to prospect. So the idea of, of A, recognizing that, and then B, separating the two functions is, is uh, a, a way to become more productive. So because it's sort of under one roof, I can do that. We recently separated the product team into uh, what we're calling a, a product management team and a product strategy team. And the reason for that is because we're, we're trying to innovate and come up with new products and, and provide, you know, new uh, offerings or kits or combinations of things to fulfill needs that we learn from marketing and that goes to the product team. But what would happen is the, the, the single product team would get bogged down with things like, Oh, a, a wheel, a, a wheel fell off of a case. A customer called. A customer complaint, and so now we have to a deal with that customers, and then decide: is this a trend? Is there some defect? And so uh, it reminded me when I was when I was back in the software business, where we would uh, try to come up with enhancements to improve the product so that we could be more competitive. But at the same time, we had the bug fix issue, right? So the the bug fixes are what ticked off our clients. And so we had to address those. But while we were addressing those, we we couldn't actually improve the product and improve our competitive position. So as a, as a consequence, uh, you know, the idea of being able to, to have the structure set up to be able to uh, let people focus on what they're supposed to do is, is uh, um, I don't know if it's a luxury, but I think it's more of a necessity, right? Uh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Really fascinating business you're in, and I love the snowball analogy. And just in terms of uh, getting the customer, keeping rolling it down, right? Um, great stuff. And uh, well, we have a lot of trade shows coming up next year, so we're going to have to um, check you guys out. I think. Yeah, happy to help you. Even though we sell online, we do have a showroom here in Buford. So uh, you know, if you'd like to come by, I'd be happy to to give you the, the nickel tour. I would love that. Um, actually, that could be a next segment, right? We can do a, we could do a tour of the tour the plant tour the factory sure yeah it's, it's actually it's it's uh, if 
uh, growing up in Detroit, I've spent a lot of time in, you know, million square foot auto plants and I, I have sort of a affection for manufacturing. And so because we, we actually, uh, you know, go from start to finish here, we have, uh, we have large printers that you could dance on. I mean, they're big honking things. And, and I could, could actually, you know, show you or your viewers how we actually take something from uh, a concept. Like, I think I want that and I want my logo on it and, and kind of show you, you know, all the way through to we have automated cutters and, and you know, flatbed uh, uh, CNC machines and, and all kinds of stuff. And then uh, ultimately the finished finished product. So that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Paul, thank you so much for your insights and thank you for being on the program today. Yeah. Happy to do it. And, uh, uh, rock on. All right. (laughs) 